May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And all of God's children said, Amen. If you've been shopping lately, you know there's probably at least one space, generally speaking, that's usually open, right? But the fact is you better not park there unless you've got a special blue tag hanging from your rearview mirror or you have a specialized license plate. Of course, I'm talking about the handicapped spaces reserved for folks with different abilities. We know those spaces are clearly marked by those universal, recognized blue signs featuring that outline of a person in a wheelchair. If you're not disabled, it's easy to become accustomed to the presence of that sign that we instinctively drive past without giving it a second thought. If you've got one of those blue placards in your car or have the license plate, however, that blue sign with the wheelchair is the sign that you're looking for almost every time that you go to the mall or you go shopping anywhere. If you take a minute to look closely at those signs, there's something that you might notice. Looking again, and you will see they don't actually conform to the reality in which many disabled people actually live. The sign has a person sitting in a wheelchair with their back straight up and arms stuck out perfectly straight. A posture that looks more like a, to be honest, a motorized zombie than an actual person in a wheelchair. It's a sign that seems to convey helplessness, passivity, stiffness, And the figure has long infuriated many of those who use those spaces. One wheelchair-bound man said, the chair is part of the person. The person is not part of the chair. In New York and several other places around the country, there's been a move to change those signs. The change they want to make to the sign would make it symbolize something quite different. It would replace the stiff person surrounded by a chair to a more active person a more active symbol. The symbol would show the person leaning forward and using his arms to make the wheelchair roll. One mayor of a small Massachusetts town who already made that kind of change said, it's truly about people with ability. It's not about people with disabilities. The hope is that these more active signs find their way into more parking lots to change the perspective of the public towards disabled people. At the very least, they'll cause people maybe to look twice the next time they circle the lot. Sometimes it takes a fresh look at a symbol to understand what it truly means. And there's possibly no symbol that has been taken for granted more than the cross. While it's often worn in churches by pastors and others who preach or teach and all by lay people, It also decorates the necks of many people who, if you'll excuse the phrase, like to glam it up a little bit, often using it as jewelry, whether they're Christians or not, whether it's people in Hollywood or violent rappers, they're wearing a cross, and yet they don't see the contradiction between the cross that they wear and their words and their actions. I mean, come on, why so serious? It's just jewelry, right? Have you seen the latest trend in cross fashion lately? Maybe you know somebody who's wearing it. Many folks 
are now wearing a sideways cross necklace. Have you seen those? <laughs> the cross is laying on its side as it hangs from the chain. For some, it symbolizes anything from laying down or picking up the cross to being a sign that Christianity is dead. The cross is everywhere. Just like that blue sign in the parking lot, the cross is so widespread that it becomes part of the background instead of the foreground. But that wasn't always the case. In the Roman world of the first century, wearing a cross around your neck would have been the equivalent of promoting you to the electric chair. You might as well have worn a decorated hangman's noose. It was more than a symbol at that moment. The cross was literally a signpost that told everyone passing by that you, if you were wearing this cross, that is, if you were hanging on it, that you were a dangerous criminal that deserved to die. The cross in those days was the ultimate symbol because if you wore this cross, you were in a space that was marked for death. Only the worst sorts of insurrectionists, terrorist criminals were hung on crosses. And no one in polite society ever dared mention that symbol, lest they end up in that space. When the early Christians used the cross as the primary symbol of preaching and faith, then it was a chance for the Roman world to mock them. There remains today an early graffiti caricature scrawled on the wall in the Palatine in Rome. This is one of the most ancient parts of Rome, the Palatine. And the graffiti features a slave falling down before a crucified donkey with the inscription, Alexamenos worships his God. In the ancient world at the time, the cross was a sign of helplessness, a sign of passivity, a sign of being a victim the ultimate symbol that people turned away from. They wanted to avoid it. The early Christians, however, leaned into the idea that the cross is a sign of the active triumph of their God over the power of sin and death. And it caused a major sign revision. Listen to Paul's words again. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Eugene Peterson's version of the message, uh, the Bible called the message, reads this way. The message that points to Christ on the cross seems like sheer silliness to those hell-bent on destruction. But for those on the way of salvation, it makes perfect sense. When Jesus' followers look at or even wear a cross, it's a sign that allows us to park our lives in the saving space God has provided for us in his kingdom. It's a sign that others will not understand because it looks ridiculous. But God has made foolish the wisdom of the world. What was considered weak and useless is now the sign that saves those who believe. The ancient sign of death became a sign of life. In New York, the old handicap signs are being replaced with the new as the originals get old and defaced. Eventually, the new signs will be everywhere and the old ones put aside. In the world where Paul was writing, there were two old signs that tried to point to salvation. For the Jews, it was the sign of the Messiah. 
And the Messiah himself would demonstrate signs that would prove his anointed stature as Israel's true king and savior. This is the reason that the religious leaders kept asking Jesus for signs. They wanted him to prove his power of who he was. For the Gentiles, on the other hand, salvation was all about health and wealth in this life, with no real hope for anything beyond. A long life and prosperous life was the best that anyone could hope for in their mind, which is why many Roman tombstones bear the inscription, which means, I was not, I was, I am not, I care not. It's really not a way to go through life, is it? Paul says that while Jews clamor for miraculous demonstrations and Greeks go in for philosophical wisdom, we go right on proclaiming Christ, the crucified. Jews treat this like an anti-miracle and Greeks pass it off as absurd. The Jews were confronted with this horrific prospect of a crucified Messiah. While the Gentiles were given a sign that there is a resurrection life beyond death. This new refreshed sign of the cross challenged challenged their definitions of life, the definitions of health and prosperity and hope. And the cross pointed to a different sort of life and future than they had ever imagined before. The cross revealed the reality that everyone is handicapped by sin And the only way to heal is through the death of Jesus Christ himself on our behalf. Paul then invites the Corinthians to lean in, to lean into this new reality. But to us who are personally called by God himself, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is God's ultimate miracle and wisdom wrapped up in one. Human wisdom is so tiny, so impotent, Next to the seeming absurdity of God, human strength can't begin to compete with God's weaknesses. So how do we freshen up that symbol around us in this world, in our everyday lives, where the cross has become just a fashion accessory and a sign that's often ignored? First, the powerful sign of the cross has to be activated within the people for whom it is giving life. That's us. The best sign of the cross is found in the life and living of those who are being saved through it by the power of God. Paul says, take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. Where were you when God called you? What did your life look like? What did the cross mean to you then? Followers of Jesus should not be recognized by the usual signs of success in the world but by the sign and work of Christ working within us. It's in Christ that we find true wisdom, that we find righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Paul says everything that we have, right thinking, right living, a clean slate, and the fresh start comes from God by way of Jesus. We demonstrate Christ best, not by the jewelry that we wear or the fish signs we have on our bumpers but by living lives that are scandalously humble and generous and meek. And meek does not mean weak. We admit our own spiritual handicaps, and we allow God's grace to come through us on its way 
to sharing it with someone else. And then having recognized the cross has offered salvation to us individually, we then begin to live as a cross-shaped community. Paul's letter to the Corinthians was designated to address divisions in the church. Divisions which conceal the sign of the cross in the world. He said we are to be united in the same mind and the same purpose. And I mentioned last week that that is not so in our denomination. We continue to fight and we lose the cross. The early church thrived in the Roman world because it continued to live the life of the cross despite its ridicule, despite being censured, despite persecution. In a world that's becoming ever more divisive, even within the church, the sign of the cross must again become that sign that reminds us that it's not about us. It's about God. And it's about what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. This past week, I was, a story was shared with me about the cross that I thought was kind of interesting. It's a story that someone is talking to Jesus about taking up their cross. Where do you see yourself in this story? Well, here I am, Lord. You said take up your cross, and I'm here to do it. It's not easy, you know, this self-denial thing. I mean, to go through with it, though, yes, sir, I'll bet you wish more people were willing to be disciples like me, right? I've counted the cost and surrendered my life, and well, you mind if I look over the crosses a little bit? I kind of like a new one, you know? I'm not fussy, understand, but as a disciple, I have to be relevant these days. I was wondering, are there any vinyl padded ones? I'm thinking of attracting others, see, and if I show them a comfortable cross, I'm sure I could win a lot more people for you. We have to keep up with the times, right, Jesus? And I need something durable so I can treasure it always. And, oh, do you have one that's kind of flat so it will fit under my coat? You know, I really don't want to be too obvious about who I am. That's kind of funny, Jesus. There doesn't seem to be much choice here. Just coarse, rough wood. You know, that's liable to hurt or I might get a splinter. Don't you have something more distinctive, Lord? I, I can tell you right now, none of my friends are going to be impressed by this shoddy workmanship. They'll think I'm a nut or something, and my family will just be mortified. What's that? What do you mean? It's either one of these or forget the whole thing? But Lord, I want to be your disciple. I mean, just being with you, that's all that counts. Life has to have a balance too, but you don't understand. Nobody lives that way today. Who's going to be attracted by this self-denial bit? I mean, I want to do what's right, but let's not overdo it. Come on, Jesus. If I appear to be too radical, they'll have me off to the funny farm or something. I mean, being a disciple is challenging and exciting, and I want to do it, but, you know, I have some rights too, Jesus. Now let's get back to where we were looking at these crosses. You know, I don't want any blood on it, okay? I just can't stand the thought of blood. Lord, are you still there? Now where do you suppose Jesus went? 
The sign of the cross calls us to drop our pretentiousness of our own individual strength and invites us to become part of a community whose strength is always found in weakness. Folks with disabilities use a blue sign in their cars to remind people that they have a a different skill set, a different array of challenges than other people do. The new parking signs that are be going up teach us, however, that the chair is part of the person and not the other way around. When the sign of the cross becomes part of our person, then the person of Christ will lean us forward and propel us into the world with a new strength we never had before. Are you wearing a cross today? Do you know somebody wearing that sideways cross? Maybe you ought to ask them what they think that means. What does it mean to them? Is it just a fashion statement? What does the cross mean to you? Is it just something we see on Sunday morning? Is it something we wear every day as a reminder? I have a cross that I'm wearing that you can't see now. I've been wearing it since... 1996. I wear it every day. And the finish has come off of it. Because often when I'm thinking or praying, it's a very small cross. I grab it, I hold on to it, and I rub it. Not like a lamp, but just as a reminder of the feel of the cross as I'm praying. It's not a very pretty thing to see. But it's there, and it's a reminder of who I am. That's a reminder of who we are and who we're called to be. In the cross of Christ, I glory. We should. And as we live our lives, we need to share the message of that cross. There's a lot of people wearing them think they're just jewelry. Let's remind them of what it really means. Amen. As we're thinking about the cross, we need to look at it, and this is often a hymn that we think of at Lent, and even though it's not Lent, we need to consider the cross, survey it, and what it really means as we live our day-to-day lives in him. Let's join together in our hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross.